Rachel Hampton. And I'm Candace Slim, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And welcome back, Candace. I hear you have some illuminating news from your Bath and Body Works investigation. Mm, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And it is about candles. Ah, uh, do tell. Okay, so listeners of the pod, they know from my deep dive into the Bath and Body Works subreddit that Candle Day is our national holiday, and it's when all three-wick candles go on this huge sale. Well, it turns out, friends, that Candle Day, it's becoming Candle Week this year. So basically, I have received some information that, hey, it's allegedly, allegedly, allegedly that this year... Candle Day will be expanding into three days. It's usually two. I mean, at this point, it's going to be Candle Fortnight. Like, we are approaching the 12 days of Candlemas. I mean, it's Candle Roblox. And by the way, Rachel, I will be taking December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd off for, like, no relation. Mm -hmm. But, like, if it's going to... Okay. Oh, of course. Of course. I assumed. I assumed. It had nothing to do with Candle Fortnight. Yeah. It's just... You just... (laughs) You'll happen to be gone. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So, while I am on the ground, boots down, investigating Candle (laughs) Fortnight, I have to say... Our mutual favorite brand of oversaturated chaos is back to grace our screens. Is this true? It is. It is. We're talking about selling sunset. <gasps> selling the sunset boulevard. Sunset strip. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love sell sun. Okay, Rachel, let's start with you. Have you finished the season? If so, thoughts, feelings, concerns, questions. Okay, well, I always have questions because, my God, if you've never Mm -hmm. watched Selling Sunset, it's one of the most incomprehensible social groups I've ever encountered in my entire life. My roommate walked by as I was watching it and she's like, I'm not used to seeing these kinds of faces because they're like aggressively... um, In Chriselle's words, rearranged. Yes. (laughs) I was really trying to think of the polite way to say this. They're, They're aggressively rearranged faces. Um, very, very thin bodies, Mm. bright fluorescent clothing that is not work appropriate and yet work is being done in them. Um, so I haven't finished this season, not least because it's the longest season in the show's seven season run, clocking in at a whole 11 episodes, even without the reunion, which on one hand, I don't actually think I'll ever get tired of these bitches running around multi-million dollar houses in six inch heels and lingerie and a blazer over it, talking about their professional ethics. (sighs) But on the other hand, I found the season a little harder to binge because the drama feels a little darker than other seasons. Like, they had a perfect villain for the first few seasons, Christine Quinn. And now that she's gone, all these newcomers just end up taking shots at the main character. And it's getting out of hand. Like, my girl, Chriselle, tries to assert normal boundaries Like, normally I don't need to have a friendship with my ex-boyfriend's new 25-year-old model girlfriend. And then everyone has a weird conniption fit about it. It's like, get a job. Leave her alone. But what do you think, Candace? You are not wrong, because we are in the seventh season of a show that was originally about a small boutique real estate agency surfacing the, like, Beverly Hills, Hollywood Hills, L.A. area. And now it has become the most toxic workplace you would never, ever (laughs) apply for. It is insane. I think what really bothered me the most this season is that there is a character who kind of goes on her Fast and Furious era, and she keeps saying... 
this is like family. Our work is our family yes. and our family is breaking down because someone is not attending the dinner they said they would. And it's like, excuse me, have you not read these LinkedIn articles about the toxic work-life balance that you seem to not enjoy? It is wild. And I will say this, I did finish the season and I agree with you. Really hard to binge. It's just too much. Saturation's too much. And for me, I would say the people I liked by the end of the season were definitely Mary and Emma. And the people I feel most uninterested in were everyone including (laughs) the ultimate enemy of the system and his name is jason oppenheim and jason is the owner of this brokerage honestly guys all you need to know is that he is short and that drives all of his life decisions (laughs) jason jason you need to wake up man because jason who by the way is an executive producer of selling sunset I just don't understand how he gets away with it. He gets away with having his co-workers who he used to date fight over each other, but he never gets involved. He buys property that he can't really afford to sell. This is the reason why I'm so glad I don't work in real estate, Rachel. Yeah. Listen, there are a lot of reasons I'm glad I don't work in real estate combined with the fact that none of these women are actually employees. They're contractors. Um, So they don't get health insurance. That was wild. But along with convincing me that I should never apply to get my real estate license, I'm I'm really sorry to you, Candace, and our other LA listeners, but this show has made me terrified of the city of Los Angeles. Like, there's just something dark-sided happening there for all of this to be going on and treated as normal within the context of the show. Like, there's dark-sided shit here in New York. Hello, Eric Adams. But I'll take the devil I know. Thank you very much. And the devil I know does not wear lingerie to work. (laughs) (laughs) Although Eric Adams would, right? If he needed the vote that bad, he would. And Rachel, you are right. Because there are a lot of cities I love, but I've never been interested in moving to at all. So, for example, Vegas slash Nevada, the state. It's a no for me, dog. Um... Another arid climate, Arizona. Do you have any cities you would never go to other than L.A.? Um, We're really hitting the West Coast, the Western part of the United States, because I'm going to say Seattle, which is Mm. gorgeous. I spent a week there this summer. I've never been more hit on than I was in that city. But like when I go to the city of Burlington, Vermont, I expect all the Black people there to be surprised that there's like a new Negro in town. Uh, Seattle is simply too big for that to be happening. And yet every Black person I encountered looked at me like, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. Leave, get out while you can. It was terrifying. But, you know, let's give the rest of the country some juice. Um, (laughs) Honestly, after all this Keith Lee drama, I'm going to have to put Atlanta on that list of cities that I I don't want to live in. I, they're, That's some real dark-sided shit. Okay, interesting. Because, you know, I keep hearing about this Keith Lee person, and I have a vague idea of what's going on, but it seems like there's a lot going on. There's a lot. There is a capital A, capital L, a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been keeping with Keith Lee basically since he started popping off in early 2022. He was, like, documenting his wife's pregnancy cravings, which was just very sweet. He'd just be like, my wife Ronnie sent me to the store to get ramen and pickles and here i am at the store making sure i get the right kind of ramen because if i don't she's gonna send me right back out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so 
what I'm about to say, I'm fully willing to redact should something occur. But thus far, Keith Lee seems like one of like the sweetest and most genuine influencers out there. You can tell he really loves what he does, which is reviewing restaurants, but not in like a New York Times way, but in a way that's geared towards your average customer who just wants something tasty, which means that whenever he's the center of drama, I'm fully ready to lock in because I have not really encountered an influencer who seems less suited to drama in my long, long career of watching influencers. All that to say, when Keith Lee's food tour touched down in ATL and immediately set off a firestorm of epic proportions, I tapped in. So Candace, sit back, buckle up, and we're going to get into it after a short break. Hi, y'all. If you love our podcast, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe to Slate Plus, you get no ads on any Slate podcast, including this one. You could be getting 40 minutes of our voices ad-free, but you're not. Why not? You will also be supporting the podcast. I see why my would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus subscribers. With your subscription, you'll also get bonus segments or episodes on shows like Slow Burn, Dear Prudence, The Waves, Mom and Dad are Fighting, and I See Why Am I soon, coming to you soon. You will also get unlimited reading on the Slate website, which means you get access to every single article and advice column on Slate without ever hitting the paywall. Just visit slate.com slash ICYMI plus to sign up. That is slate.com slash ICYMI plus. And we're back. So, Rachel, I'm really excited. Where's a good place for us to start? All right. A good place to start is, you know, with me <laughs> at the beginning of the year. Explaining Keith Lee to ICYMI Faye, Natish Pawa. Once again, work smarter, not harder. I will always plagiarize myself. Here's me and Natish talking about Keith Lee back in February. So Keith is a 26-year-old former MMA fighter who's been making videos on TikTok since 2020. Um not about MMA at all. He told Business Insider that he started posting to help with his social anxiety, which is extremely relatable content. LexPro, girlies, hello, I am one of you. Who among us? <laughs> Truly. SSRI gang, rise up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would say most influencers, it took him a while to find his like niche. Most influencers don't start off and just immediately catapult to fame. He's always been in the food space, though. He started 2022 with 1 million TikTok followers, and that number stayed like pretty consistent until November. What happened in November? He started reviewing Las Vegas restaurants, and he gained over 7 million followers in three months. Oh, wow. Astronomical. Yeah. <laughs> Literal 700% increase. (laughs) Truly, in three months. But before we get into the why, I'm going to show you what a typical Keith review video looks like. This guy waits all day for customers to walk in. But nobody does. I want to change that. It looks good, bro. I got it. Let's try it and rate it 1 to 10. The customer service was really good. The same guy you see in his video is the person who helped me. He was nice. He was kind. He took his time. He gave me a 24-ounce smoothie when I asked for a 16-ounce smoothie because he made a mistake. And he I, like, I I was drawn right in, honestly. Like he, that guy knows how to hook you. Like I, I'm not 
I, I gotta be honest, when it comes to TikToks, I'm still a Vine baby. I'm very much all about the shorter uh, videos, but if, if you, so if you can draw me in for an over minute long review, like that's, that's skill. It is. And I think that actually really accurately sums up like the appeal of Keith's most popular videos. He will come across or be tagged in the comments of videos of a struggling small business. And he'll basically go and see whether the issue for their struggles is the food or the marketing. He just, his reviews just really come across to me as hype free in a way, which is really kind of hard to find on TikTok. When he posts about these restaurants, they have, these videos have massive real world impacts. Like the owner of Frank and Sons told Las Vegas ABC affiliate KTNV, he went from making $400 a day to selling out daily after oh my Keith God. posted his review. Yeah. And this happens all the time. Wow. Okay. This, this is a literal tastemaker. My God. Mm-hmm. This is yes. like the kind of power that like restaurant critics in California had back in like the 40s, maybe? Like, Yes. He's also collabed with um, charity influencer and local chaos agent, Mr. Beast. Oh my goodness, Mr. Beast. I love that. I mean, first off, I think it's so funny that Natish basically called him like the Jonathan Gold of our time. Mm-hmm. But also, wait a minute. Mr. Beast is involved? (sighs) Yes. Fortunately for me, for us, for our cortisol levels, I don't have to spend any time talking about that chaos Muppet today. (laughs) But I mentioned Mr. Beast in our early episode because it kind of highlighted just how big of a reach that Keith Lee had. I think in that clip, I said that Keith gained about 7 million followers in three months at the end of 2022. Since then, he has only continued to grow and he currently has 14.7 million followers on TikTok. Wow. Okay. And has his content changed at all in that time? Not really. He has stayed pretty consistently in his lane, which is reviewing restaurants in the Las Vegas area. Though, in August, he started taking his little show on the road for a food tour. Think like diners, drive-ins, and dives, except without the cherry red Corvette. He started in New Orleans, and I'm going to be honest... I get hungry scrolling on TikTok on a regular basis, but I have never been more hungry than when he was doing his reviews of New Orleans restaurants. Like, it's honestly unfair that right now I don't have access to a hot powdered sugar covered beignet right now. If anyone knows a spot in Brooklyn, please tell me. Oh, yeah. I mean... I think this is so interesting. So in the most concise terms, Keith Lee is kind of like a freelance food critic slash food influencer in this post Bon Appetit era, would you say? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I would say, yes, yes. He's giving for the people by the people. A hundred percent. And I have to say, when you said food tour, I was like, is this what it felt like when Paul Revere got on that horse and said the British are coming? Because Keith is wow. like <laughs> traveling, okay? He went to some of my favorite places near where I live, and I was like, okay, Paul Revere, more like Paul Review. Okay. <laughs> now, Rachel, what other cities did Keith Lee hit on his tour? So as you say, he hit LA. Uh, mm-hmm. He also went to Detroit, Chicago, and New York. And basically, he did what he does, which is provide this kind of signature mix of hot takes, 
genuine constructive feedback and like an occasional rave review that his audience has come to know and love him for. Importantly, one of Keith's main tenets in his kind of content is that he wants to be treated as a normal person. Like, he doesn't want special treatment because he wants his review to be applicable to the normal person walking into a restaurant, which is a very different from a lot of food influencers who just, they want to get that table at Carbone immediately. Right. That is true. And the thing is, like, that's a food influencer. But when you think about food critics, like, mm-hmm. the whole thing about food critics is you're not supposed to be ego from Ratatouille. Like, you are supposed <laughs> to be kind of low key so you can get an equitable experience. And I think this is actually a very fair and kind of professional route that Keith Lee chooses to take. Mm-hmm. And what this means is that most often he's reviewing food from his car. Like he'll get takeout so that he doesn't have the full dining experience of them trying to impress him or schmooze him. Mm-hmm. And if he's really worried about being recognized, he won't even go pick up the food himself. He'll send in his wife and kids to order for him, which cute. <laughs> It is cute. And you know what? I really like that. It's a family business. Also, if you are a restaurant who is mean to a child, that is an automatic F rating on your window. It is. And it's actually even cuter because the thing is, Keith is allergic to shellfish, so he can't eat at a lot of seafood restaurants. So his wife will do reviews for him in his signature style, which includes this now very iconic hand gesture he does where he like steeples his fingers as he's talking. So he kind of looks like a villain, but... (laughs) He's saying shit like, God bless you. And you're like, dissonance. I like it. Picasso. I love this. (laughs) I do as well. So before we move on to the drama, I just want to play a few videos from his food tour, just so you can get a sense of what his content is like. Here's one from my hometown, Chicago, where he reviewed Cleo's Southern Cuisine. I'm going to show you everything I got, and we're going to try it and rate it 1 through 10. Grape Kool-Aid, sweet tea, homemade honey cornbread muffins, butter and herbs, Scottish salmon with rice and a cornbread muffin, pineapple, candy, sweet potatoes, a side of mac and cheese, catfish and grits, the float and fly, which is chicken wings and catfish, a side of spicy bourbon sauce. We also got double each side. Last but not least, a side of remoulade sauce. If I'm saying that wrong, please forgive me. I tried. For the price, I'm not mad at these portions. It looked like a lot of food. I just pray this food is good. And this one technically isn't from this tour, but I can't not include his Erewhon taste test because as we all know, I'm obsessed with Erewhon. Yes, I understand that Erewhon is marketed as healthy food, but from experience, there's a lot of stuff that can be done to food that can be healthy and still flavorful. Herbs, fruit juice, like lemon, lime. It's a lot that can be done, not just straight salt, in my opinion. Two and a half out of 10. All right, so from these videos, how would you kind of describe Keith's vibe? I'd say warm. I'd say warm. I feel good. I feel a little pastorly. I mean, first off, I would love to do a Chicago hometown live show, Rachel, so we can go to Cleo's after if you would so Mm -hmm. have me. Looks delicious. Also, I was so happy that he absolutely slayed Erewhon into the ground because not only (laughs) is Erewhon a marker of neighborhood gentrification, but also he said it. Their food is not good. But as you said, he does kind of give like pastor vibes, but not like the pastor that makes you feel like you're a bad person, but the pastor where you're like, oh, I actually can come to you when I'm experiencing turmoil and you will make me feel better. Yeah. Which only made this shit show that his Atlanta stop turned into even wilder. And the thing is, things kind of started off crazy. There wasn't even a ramp up. We weren't even given a chance to kind of acclimate. It was like zero to 100. The first spot that Keith tries is called Atlanta Breakfast Club. And you know what? 
I'm actually just going to let him explain what happened here. First shot to playing at ATL, the first place we went to is Atlanta Breakfast Club. I got it. Let's try it and rate it 1 to 10. We spent $144.60. But granted, we got food for five adults and two kids. The customer service was interesting. While the people were nice, the rules they had set were very unique to me. We initially tried to do takeout, but when we came in, they said we couldn't sit down and there was no space at the bar for us to stand. So we had to stand outside and order our food. And then we decided we just going to dine in. But two people in our party stepped out for a second because, again, we fresh off the plane, so everybody's trying to get situated. The waitress, again, she was nice, but she told us she couldn't take any orders or she couldn't do anything until everybody sat down. No water, no coffee, no drink orders, no nothing. She also said they can only do one order and there's no add-ons. Like, if you want to add on afterwards, it's a wrap. One order for the whole table. She wouldn't even explain the menu to us. But again, she was very nice. I just understand that those are their rules. Unique to me, but... Okay, those are definitely some very interesting rules. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But my favorite part of this video comes later when he's trying the biscuit. What this biscuit talking about? You mean no jelly? No jelly? Yes, Some syrup on a biscuit? Yeah. That's crazy work. The butter is a dollar. The butter a dollar? Yeah, that's right. Swear to God. The butter a dollar? At a breakfast place? Swear to God. That was like... And that's a little cup. What name the cup? That little cup. Yes. He, he said, he said... It eat jelly for sure. It's buttery. It's salty. It's a good biscuit. I just can't swallow it. <laughs> it's dry. The butter's a dollar? The little packet of butter that you get at the Continental <gasps> Breakfast at your Hilton Hotel. It's so funny. I screamed. And yeah. then he does this kind of bit of unintentional foreshadowing at the very end of this video. For the first time in Atlanta, I'm very interested to see what the rest of this trip holds. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Y'all be safe. Oof. Okay. Starting out hot. I mean, how did the rest of this trip go? I would say about as well as the first stop, generally. The next stop he tries is Lil Baby's Seafood Restaurant, which is called the Seafood Menu. Did I know Lil Baby had a restaurant? No. No. Do I think the Seafood Menu is a great name? Also, no. <laughs> and the thing is, there's a deduction from Keith in the first 10 seconds because the Seafood Menu doesn't cook their shellfish and their seafood in different oils. So Keith can't even try it. And a lot oh. of seafood restaurants actually will to make sure that people who have shellfish allergies can still have like some catfish or something, right. you know? But Keith brings in his wife and his sister to try it. They pretty much rate everything between a six and an eight. Okay, out of 10, not bad. I would consider going. I would too. The next spot they try is Juicy Jerk. And honestly, they strike gold with this spot. It's the first spot in Atlanta that Keith is able to kind of call an order ahead, which is apparently quite rare in Atlanta. Um, so they're already doing better. And he basically gives a rave review. The thing is, I'm not actually interested in positivity for this specific episode. So we won't be playing this video. But if you're in Atlanta, apparently Juicy Jerk slaps. Now onto the video that I would say broke the internet. It's Keith's most watched ATL video, and it is a review of the restaurant, The Real Milk and Honey. And I'm going to go ahead and play this whole video, which has been viewed almost 24 million times as of the time of recording. Me and my family are in Atlanta, and currently we are at The Real Milk and Honey. I got it. Let's try it and rate it 1 through 10. As you can see, I don't have any bag in my hands. We are at The Real Milk and Honey on Main Street and College Park. Before we came, we attempted to call our order in. We were greeted with an automatic message that said they do not take call-in orders. The automatic message said the only way you can do pickup is through DoorDash. We went through DoorDash, they was closed. But online, it said they closed at five o'clock. We went on DoorDash at four o'clock, but we were already here, so we just went inside. 
I stayed in the car and my family went in and they told them they were closed early for deep cleaning. Yet the door is wide open and it's people still going in and grabbing their orders. Now we have no idea if those people ordered beforehand or what the case is. Also, the people who relayed this message, my family said were really nice. It's just the rules. And so far being in Atlanta, I found some places do have unique rules and this is one of them. I want to be very clear we're not blaming one person or saying one person was rude. In plain terms, don't call this restaurant trying to get nobody fired. Ain't nobody do nothing. This is just the rules they had. If you don't like their rules, their rules not for you. And for me and my family, the rules just went for us. We just not their target audience. For the record, afterwards, I did walk in and I did recognize me and they attended the services, but I respectfully declined. I'm a normal person. I pay for my food like everybody else. I walk in spots like everybody else. We are all normal people. Respectfully, if you're not going to do it then, don't do it now. God bless you. Yeah, we're just trying to get some food, but I am going to make this very clear. I do not support, condone, or agree tearing down these businesses. While we personally may not have the best customer service experience, that does not mean you will have the same experience. That also don't mean go on Twitter and tear these businesses down. At the end of the day, business owners are people. Never know what people are going through. The only reason I'm even making this is to share my authentic and real experience like I always do. I don't mean no harm, I don't have no malicious intent, but I always say I'm gonna be 100% honest and that come with the good and the not so good. You don't know what nobody going through. So what we can't do is just judge off of somebody else's experience. If you would like to go to these places or any other place that I've been to, I encourage you to go try it for yourself and make your own opinion. But we still in Atlanta and we on Main Street and it's a bunch of spots here. So we're gonna go to a different spot. God bless you, have an amazing day, y'all be safe. God, this is so layered because, I mean, first, I love that Keith is bringing up that DoorDash and basically third-party delivery apps have totally screwed up the restaurant industry. Like, personal experience, there's a restaurant near me that I used to love. But they also have a weird thing where, like, the restaurant's website claims they open at 11 and you can technically order via DoorDash at 11, but the food never comes until, like, 1230 or 1. And I once called them and I asked, like, hey, what's going on? And they said it is because their chef does not start cooking until 12. And so I was like, why are you taking orders what? at 11? It's weird. And the other thing I love about this video is that you can see Keith having a very real crisis of faith as a food critic because <laughs> it is actually terrifying sometimes to realize that you might be the reason a small business, let alone a Black-owned business, might be negatively impacted by your words. And you kind of have to straddle that line of like, do I be honest and warn the masses or do I not even post this video and just kind of keep this to myself? Like, he is asking very journalistic, ethical questions. He is. Like, Keith never seems to approach things out of bad faith. He's very much just like, this is my experience. I'm just letting you know what my experience is. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't end there. Because the real Milk and Honey responds in the video that's now deleted. Did you see this Keith Lee video about the real Milk and Honey? And who is this Keith Lee? Daddy, you don't know Keith Lee? Yeah. No. This is so odd because, am I correct to interpret, is this like a skit? Like, is this rehearsed? You know, it's three people. They're sitting on a couch at like a hotel or a fancy upscale location. A woman shows Keith's video to a guy smoking a pipe and he says the punchline, which is, who is this Keith Lee? And baby, they find out who Keith Lee is. Mm -hmm. They find out because a week after this video went viral, the restaurant issues a statement. And I'm going to read you this statement. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it goes, quote, Today, we extend our apologies to all as we address a recent incident that highlighted a review from a high-profile food blocker. In no way were we trying to discredit anyone. If the comments came across as such, kindly accept our apologies. It's crucial to always take feedback and make improvements for the success of our business and our community. We've taken time to reflect on the incident and have started internet 
corrective actions with our team regarding communication styles. I mean, that is the alternative title of this podcast, Internet Corrective (laughs) Actions. But I just have to say, I kind of don't buy it because this was not your first response. The first response was something you wrote, produced, filmed, and posted as a skit. But like, okay, continue. Mm Mm-hmm. It's giving suspect. It's giving you knew who Keith Lee was and was trying to do a little bit of petty fuckery and you fucked around and found out. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, Keith's reign of terror, it doesn't end here. And it's the nicest reign of terror in the world, to be clear. It's like small baby pigs on parade, but they overwhelm (laughs) you. (laughs) Before I move on to the small baby pigs overwhelming us, I want to share one of my favorite comments on one of these ATL videos, which reads... <clears throat> quote, Keith Lee making ATL shake like the crusty crap when the health inspector came to visit, which is just mm. poetry. <laughs> mm. I love it. For my Bob's Burgers girlies, okay? It's Hugo coming for a surprise inspection, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Keith tries a few more spots in Atlanta, and the thing is, a lot of them are good. I really want to be clear here. He does not give uniformly negative reviews to all the restaurants he tries in Atlanta. He gives some really good ones to smaller, lesser-known restaurants, and as tends to happen when he does that, basically turns their entire fortunes around in, like, four hours. He films a video with the owner of one of these restaurants where she's basically sobbing. She had kept the restaurant open late for his family without even knowing who he was, and he ends up leaving her a tip that matched the total sales the restaurant had made on the day of his visit. And he does this all the time. He's always giving, like, $500 tips. This video is really sweet and cute, but the comments have me rolling because they're all like, quote, legends say the real milk and honey are still deep cleaning and quote, (laughs) milk and honey punching air right now. And who is Keith Lee? This is Keith Lee. (laughs) Wow. I'm sorry, but this is so much like Selenators still coming for Haley Bieber in the comments. Like it just never ends. But see, this is where I'm like, okay, Keith Lee lawful good like he is trying to shed Mm -hmm. light on businesses who deserve it and he tips well Mm -hmm. this this is what the hunger game should be based on okay how much you tip all right Mm -hmm. and i do have to ask does he end this food trip on a high note Um. (laughs) sounds like there's more to say and i think we should get there but maybe let's take a break first and then when we come back we'll have the results of the Keith Lee Atlanta tour and the shit show it sparked online. And we're back. Candace, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, are you aware of someone named Candy Burris? I am. She's a real housewife, right? And she was also like mm-hmm. a famous musician. I think I heard that she won a Grammy way back when, but mm-hmm. I think I mainly know her as one of the Atlanta housewives. But hold on. Why are you bringing her up? Does she come into the story somehow? She does. But first, I just, I need to remind everyone of this fact that always makes me reevaluate my life, which is Candy, who was in the girl group Escape and is probably best known for her work writing No Scrubs by TLC, also wrote Ed Sheeran's Shape of You. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, talk about containing multitudes, containing uh-huh. millions, because both of those songs oh, are yeah. so popular. Streamed. That's crazy. Right. Anyway, so Candy, she's like not content to just deal with streamings of music. She wants 
diverse streams of revenue. So she also mm. owns a restaurant in Atlanta called Old Lady Gang. And Keith Lee goes to Old Lady Gang. And here's his review. Yesterday, me and my family were at the One Music Festival. Somebody who works with Candy Birds walked up to us and said they've been trying to reach us since we got to Atlanta. He said he'd been constantly emailing me and constantly DMing me for me to come to Old Lady Gang. I got it. Let's try it and rate it 1 through 10. As you can see, I don't have any bags in my hands. Oh my God. I'm worried. It's going down. I know, but there's more. Me and my family showed up and we attempted to order before we got here. We called the number they had connected on Yelp three times. No answer. We tried to order through DoorDash and it said it was temporarily closed. So when we pulled up, I sent my family in to order for us. They said on the weekends, due to being busy, they don't do any takeout at all. They do to go order? No, we don't do to go order on the weekend. Oh, okay. So send in dining. Yes. Okay. Thank you, sweetie. We appreciate you. Which is completely understandable. So what we decided to do is my family's going to go eat. They're going to come bring the food out while I'm sitting in the car. So they have no idea I'm here. My family asked how long the wait was to be seated. They said an hour to an hour and a half. Yes, hour and a half. Okay. She also said they didn't have any reservations available. So they didn't take out any number, any contact information, nothing. My family then came and relayed that message to me. And I decided to go in myself. We walked in and we were greeted by a nice young lady. And then I met some amazing people who were eating there. And we took some pictures. God is amazing. As soon as me and my wife were done taking pictures, the lady said the table was ready. As always, I don't want any special treatment. I want to be treated like everybody else. I pay for my food like everybody else. I'm a normal person. I'm a normal customer. Customer. Things like this is exactly why I do reviews the way I do. Just because I have a certain amount of followers on social media don't make me different from nobody. My mom, my mom-in-law, my sister, they all paying customers just like me. So I want them to be treated just like me. So I asked how long the wait time has been today. She said an hour to an hour and a half. So which I then asked, how are you able to sit me in five minutes? This is her response. How long are you looking for as far as wait time? I'm just gonna Again, my family just attempted to eat there less than two minutes ago. I then told her I changed my mind. We're going to go eat somewhere else. And I said, God bless you. And I walked out. On second thought, it's okay. We're going to go eat somewhere else. I appreciate it. For sure. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. Have a good one. Have a great day. I'm going to be very transparent and honest. I am frustrated. Me and my family just trying to eat food. That's all we try to do. At the same time, I am frustrated. I understand we are all humans. I do not agree. I do not support. I do not condone shaming this business based on my experience. Like every city we've been to since we've been on food tour, I go to a array of restaurants. From mom and pop shops to staples of the community to super popular to places nobody know about. And Atlanta has definitely been a unique experience for me and something I'll never forget. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, genuinely. But I'm a normal person and I want to be treated like everybody else. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Y'all be safe. And I'm not playing. I understand everybody got their own opinions on situations, but don't go leaving them zero star reviews. You ain't never been here before. If you like to, come experience it yourself and then leave your reviews. But just leaving a review based on my experience is crazy in my opinion. God bless you. Oof. Okay, so at this rate, I have to say that it's kind of hard to go against Keith Lee because as you can hear from the footage, he is so nice and polite even when he is wronged and he says God bless and he means it. So I don't know. Does it does it get messier from here? Mm-hmm, it does. I, I don't know if I can take any more. Well, <laughs> buckle in because Candy responds. <laughs> hey, guys, what's up? It's your girl, Candy, and I'm about to speak on it. No, I'm joking. I'm not about to speak on it. I really just wanted to say I do appreciate Keith Lee for stopping by our restaurant and trying to show us love. It is very unfortunate that we couldn't serve him and his family. We have we would have loved to. OK, but he's right. We don't take to go orders on the weekends. And the simple reason is because we do love and appreciate the people who come and support our restaurant. On the weekends, we get a lot of community support, people in our city that show up for us, as well as a lot of people from out of town. 
So with that being said, we don't want to overwhelm our kitchen by having to, you know, have such long times for the people who are actually at the restaurant, plus having to do to go orders, because obviously that would make the long the wait times even longer. So that's the reason for that. Um, for those of you, I saw a couple of people was like, why wouldn't they take to go orders? Well, that's why. Anyway, with that outside of that, I want to say thanks to Keith for trying to even show up to our restaurant and show us love. Thanks for trying to bring your family by. And maybe next time we'll still get a chance to serve you. Okay. Okay. Firstly, I love how she filmed this with the ring light and her hair yes. perfectly done. It literally feels like she was doing a series of cameos. And then an assistant came over and was like, okay, so for this one, you are now going to apologize to someone named Keith Lee. Now, this, I have to say, also brings up one of my biggest pet peeves about Yelp reviews, which is when someone drops a review, good or bad, and then the manager chimes in. They respond under it, and they don't actually address, like, any of the actual critiques, but instead they're like, hey, thank you so much for coming in. Just email us at info at olivegarden.com. <laughs> and it's like, I want to know what's happening in the private email. With that said, Candy, I, I need you to explain the wait time magically disappearing and them not answering their phone. What happened? Okay, right? Because this video, which again, as you noted, is very well produced. Candy looks phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. I just, let's just give it up for whatever. Black don't crack, Botox mixture she's got going on. But she doesn't say anything. <laughs> she's like, she doesn't address anything that happened. But the thing is, this isn't the only celebrity who weighs in on this. And like, first thing first, right? I feel like Atlanta restaurants, they don't like to make money. I feel like they don't like people. They don't like their customers. They just don't fucking like it. First thing first, right? You could barely order in Atlanta restaurants. Like, you go like, hey, I would like to make order. Oh, yeah, we don't make, we don't, we don't take orders. We don't take orders. It gets to the point that I literally have to name, like, I have to tell, like, people that order food for me, like, can you just name drop my name? Because first and first, they just don't, they don't do no pickup orders, they don't do deliveries, they just don't do shit. Second, Atlanta restaurants, right, they be closed on the most random shits. Like, it's like, you look at a, you go looking for a restaurant on Google, and it's like, oh, this shit look good, oh, they closed is that what do you mean y'all niggas is closed monday through wednesday or they'll just have the most random days closed like oh they close on tuesday or like it's just the most random shit like it's like y'all motherfuckers don't like making bread like i don't fucking get it oh wait was that cardi b yeah that was fucking cardi b and importantly that was cardi b saying that she has to name drop in atlanta just to get what I would consider basic service. And the thing is, I trust Cardi B. I mean, I trust Cardi B in general, but she tours. She's always going places. She's going to know if a city's restaurant culture is whack. And it seems like Cardi B is like, I can't even get nobody to answer the phone. What's going on? Wow. And by the way, in this video, Cardi B brings up that a lot of restaurants have weird hours, which is Uh, One of my biggest confusions about season one of The Bear, because why did the beef open from 3 to 10 p.m. every (laughs) single day? Like, you are starting way past the lunch rush, but also ending beyond dinner service, and you sell sandwiches. What's going on, Carmi? Sometimes you want a sandwich at 8.30 p.m., Candace. (laughs) But the celebrity commentary doesn't stop at Cardi and Candy, though. We've got someone weighing into the Keith Lee debacle, brouhaha, who I'm not gonna lie, I fully 
for God existed. So I'm going to give you a chance to guess. Who do you think is going to say something about this? Martin Scorsese. A, I'm insulted that you would think I could ever forget my man, Marty. I love him. B, no, it's Chad <laughs> Ochocinco. Oh, from Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> amazing amazing um he's on a shannon sharp podcast which is a sentence i never thought i would say on our show specifically but i see why mi takes you to weird places okay but i like the fact of what he's doing I don't like I don't I don't like I don't like the critiquing of our restaurants and and having people and and and, and talking bad about our goddamn businesses and Ocho. like you know Ocho. how hard you know how yeah. hard it is and I get it. for us to Ocho. even get in the food industry and to have Ocho. our own restaurant and so like, what are we doing? Oh my gosh! And Shannon Sharp, if I'm correct, is the football guy who like butts heads with Stephen A. Smith, right? So I'm mm-hmm. assuming this is a sports ish podcast. So why is Chad Ochocinco talking about a food critic on said podcast? Okay. (laughs) Now, I am wondering, has Keith Lee responded to any of this? Because it's expanded way beyond TikTok. And I mean, is this correct? There was like a CNN write-up of this. This is blowing up. This is blowing up. There's a CNN write-up of it. Slate wrote a write-up of it. Like, it's everywhere. Axios has been covering this. Anyway, Keith has indeed responded. In fact, a couple of times. Here's his response to Ocho Cinco. Let's talk about it. First, I want to say God bless you and I respect your opinion. Your opinion is just as valuable as the next person's opinion. But I do agree with you. It is hard to open a restaurant. It is hard to get the funding. It is hard to have people come in. I agree. And I'm blessed enough to be a marketing platform for those restaurants. Completely free. To me, it seems like you have no idea who I am. And again, that's okay with me. The main point was my qualifications. I'll be honest with you. I've been a professional fighter for almost 10 years. I've traveled the world eating food. I've cut weight from anywhere from 170 pounds to 135 pounds. And food is one of the most important things when it comes to cutting weight. So at the end of the day, I'm just a foodie. I agree with you. I've been blessed enough to be in this position. But then in return, I want to ask you, what are your qualifications to have this firm stance on this topic? Because to me, this seems like your first time ever seeing me. And if it's not, again, I have another question. Why is this your first time speaking on me? I will say, I keep forgetting that Keith Lee used to be like an MMA fighter or something. But you know what? He did make points in this. He did. And the thing is, there's more points to be made. Keith does a recap of his Atlanta tour, and he does a recap of all of his stops. So there's one Mm. for Detroit, Chicago, blah, blah, blah. And he speaks on some stuff that's happened during his time in Atlanta that has been circulating in the online discourse because other people, as tends to happen when celebrities go places, and Keith Lee is a celebrity at this point, they notice when celebrities are doing things in their city. So at some point, people had recorded him outside of a restaurant looking like he's having a really heated conversation with some employees of said restaurant who are trying to get him to come back to a place after they quoted his family a two-hour wait and then saw was him and offered him a table immediately while people who arrived before him were waiting for their food in the parking lot. And so he's like, yeah, that kind of goes against, that's not how I want to be treated. He's like, I don't, I know there are people who do want to be treated like that, but that's not me. I don't want to do that. So no, thank you. He also speaks on the real milk and honey drama that has been continuing to unfold as he has been in ATL. The real milk and honey is one of the restaurants that me and my family went to. The real milk and honey and milk and honey are two different restaurants. The real milk and honey is a restaurant we went to. Milk and honey is a restaurant we did not attend. I already was very clear and transparent, asking y'all not to leave hate anywhere. But specifically, 
don't leave hate to the milk and honey they didn't do anything update i just received a notice from the owner of the milk and honey the place that we did not go to them and their employees been receiving death threats i'm absolutely a hundred percent not with that that's so corny and so lame regardless of my opinion on any restaurant even if it's the real milk honey we don't do that over here at all. If you do that, you are not somebody that watch me and not somebody that support what me and my family are on. God bless you. And I mean, under any circumstances, that's not okay in my eyes. Death threats? Oh my God, not Keith Lee having his own barbs. But the thing is, Nicki Minaj, she kind of encourages the behavior of the barbs. That is Keith true. Keith Lee is straight up just like, oh, please stop. And mm -hmm. to the point where he has to put out another video about his time in Atlanta, which I don't think he's had to do for any of the other cities he's been in. Again, I can't win for losing. I understand everybody gonna have an opinion on the situation. You can disagree with me. You cannot like what I say. Completely understand, and I'm okay with that. But when my safety and my family's safety start coming into play, that's where I draw the line at. But what can't happen is when my family or the restaurants or anybody's safety start coming into play. It's absolutely overboard. Especially when I was asked to give my opinion. Because you telling me my opinion only matter if it's positive. Because if it's positive, you got my face plastered on a wall and you saying keep sleeping here. But if it's negative, I need to sit down somewhere and you don't know who I am. That's crazy to me. It was so much positive that happened in Atlanta that was shunned by the negative. It was so many restaurants we was blessed enough to help. We went to an array of restaurants like we always do at every city. I'm going to be 100% transparent, 100% candid. Me and my family will postpone touring if other cities gonna be like this. And that's kind of the end of the saga. Like, Keith's most recent video is about a local burger spot in Vegas, Joy Burgers, that he reviewed. It was on the verge of closing, and in less than 24 hours, it went from having 138 followers on TikTok to 65,000, which... I love to see. Keith, honestly, I just hope you keep doing what makes you happy and uplifting and supporting small businesses, though it's unclear whether or not he'll continue his food tour, which is fair. I'm not sure if it's really worth it if the Atlanta experience is going to be repeated. What I kind of find fascinating about this entire situation, besides the fact that it had us mention Candy Burris, Cardi B, and Chad Ochocinco in one episode is that it's kind of a perfect referendum on the Atlanta food scene, which seems uniquely miserable, and on the fact that an influencer can be so positive, so beloved, so godly, and still have to tell his audience, stop sending death threats to uninvolved restaurants on my behalf. Yeah, and I feel like Keith, has kind of unfortunately radicalized the, like, Yelp elite squad because, look, there has always been something a little odd to me about that certain sect of people who get extremely critical and very personally offended in, like, Yelp or Google reviews. And I oftentimes see the reviews as symptoms of another issue. Like, okay, I see that you are complaining about the truffle fries being 10 degrees too hot, but actually you just lost custody of your kids. Okay, and you were taking it out on this Applebee's. Got it. But I also think Keith is kind of vocalizing the way that technology has changed the restaurant industry for the worst. And so that mm -hmm. is something I appreciate about his videos. You know, the honesty of the user experience when we're really just like tickets in a ghost kitchen. And also kind of what hype does to the customer experience where mm. a lot of the restaurants that he went to where he had the worst experience are ones that are 
run by famous people or are really well known. And so they're like, we're going to have customers regardless of how we treat you. So we don't have to treat you well, which Keith Lee said, (laughs) not on my watch. Mm -hmm. God bless you. I wanted to ask you though, Candace, as someone who's kind of new to the story, new to the Keith Lee hive, mm-hmm. um, do you think there's anything that Keith could have done in this situation? Or is this just kind of the inevitable negativity that comes once your audience gets 14 million people strong? And if it's the latter, like, what do we do about that? Because that seems bad for society. I think it's tough because... Just from his TikTok videos, I like Keith and I like his style of critique. I like what he hones in on and focuses on. But I do think one of his downfalls was probably putting a face to his name because, you know, most food critics are bylines, especially if they work for like a newspapers and they're not TikTok stars. They can kind of like roam around anonymously. But Keith's audience knows him as a face and a presence, and I'm sure he basically has a target on his back now, which is actually kind of terrifying, especially when you have your family in tow. Now, I actually think my advice to Mr. Keith is to go the Leonardo DiCaprio route, all right? Wear a mask everywhere. Wear a different mask to every restaurant and definitely call in or order under a different name each time. Although I'm sure he's already doing that, but I actually would like him to keep going because I think he in general has good intentions here. And I just want to take a moment to talk to Candy. All right, Candy, if you're listening, (laughs) maybe you should work a shift to see what's really going on with your staff And I know you're thinking about the bottom line here. So this is what you do. You sell a new show to Bravo and it's called Undercover Boss Keith Lee Edition. And let's see. Let's see where this goes. All right, that's the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday. So please subscribe. It's the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss a deep dive into a drama. We love a drama. Please leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Tell your Atlanta restaurant tours about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod. And if you have any questions, comments, ideas for future episodes, feel free to drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. We promise we won't make you wait for three hours for a response. It'll probably be longer. ICYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks, Rachel Hampton, and me, Candace Lim. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online. Or not at the real milk and honey.